Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One thirty-five in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now from San Jose, California. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for fifty years. For menu and a list of their fourteen Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation of Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. All right. Uh, we refinagled our schedule. Fortunately, we had an interview in the proverbial can, and so that's going to enable us to get Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec on for the horses and horse race in Alberta, bringing you live racing every Fridays and Saturday nights at Century Mile post time, 7.15. Huge road trip uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, five-game road trip that starts tonight against San Jose. Inspect the Oilers looking for a little bit of redemption after a lackluster performance in which Dave Tippett, the head coach, referred to the team's immaturity last Tuesday night. Well, and not just Tuesday, Bob, right? This has been, you know, this is a bit of an issue with San Jose, particularly in this building, but generally a San Jose team that, for some reason, the only thing could play them, what, Bob, twice in the playoffs, beat them both times, with six games both times, I think? Yeah. Um, but in the regular season, you know, the, the Sharks own Edmonton. Their last nine games, the record's one, the Oilers' record is 1-7-1. They haven't won a regular season um, regulation game in, in this building, okay? A game in regulation. Last time they won in this building was two and a half years ago, April 6-17. So yeah, they got to crack this nut, Bob. It's, it's, it's probably got to be getting old, losing to San Jose. I think it should be getting old, don't you? Well, Speck, uh, do you know who got a hat-trick in that game for Edmonton? Oh, not a clue. Milan Lucic. <laughs> okay, really? And, That's and how rare point I make, that was, pal. <laughs> well, the point I'm going to make here is in the last quarter of that season, Nugent Hopkins, Jordan Everly, Milan Lucic took off, as, of course, Edmonton had Connor McDavid uh, playing with Patrick Maroon on the left side and Leon Dreisettle over in right wing. Right now, uh, Dreisettle's playing the left side, but... They, they, and I, I bring that up because they had a secondary line that could score at least down the stretch in the regular season. The problem in the 2017 playoffs was 
the line of Lucic, Nugent, Hopkins, and Everly wasn't any good against Anaheim. And so the Oilers have to break the lineup and, uh, you know, have McDavid center line, Drysaddle center line, and Nuge center line. And Nuge ended up centering uh, Pouliot and Everly. And those guys were both gone out of the uh, organization within, I don't know, within three months of being eliminated, you know, eliminated in game seven in Anaheim. And I think that that's been part of the challenge against San Jose is the Sharks are able to get a layered matchup where they get the defense pairing they want out at home against Connor McDavid. And then they get the line matchup that they want as well. And Edmonton hasn't had enough secondary juice. And San Jose's had greater depth up front. Would you agree or disagree in that assessment? Yeah, and they score too many. You know, in the end, the, the Oilers chase every game here. They tend to get scored on early. Uh, and they tend to then open up a little. And, and San Jose crushes them over the course of 60 minutes. Here's the, the last... Over the last 10 games with San Jose, I'm going to read you the amount of goals the Sharks got in this building. The last time in here, they got six. The time before that, they got seven. Before that, they lost to Edmonton 4-3 in overtime. Before that, they got five. Before that, they got six. So, Bob, you know, they're scoring five goals a night against the Oilers in here. And that, I think, the bigger picture we've identified for a long time here, the Oilers are having success because they're keeping the puck out of their net. Smaller picture, they're not keeping it out of their net here in this rink against this team, and that's where it's got to start. You got to hold San Jose to two goals, and now you got a shot, right? Five's too many. Is it possible they respect the Sharks too? I mean, we know San Jose comes out like a house on fire, unless you've traveled and been in this building, and it always kind of makes me chuckle, or unless you've had extensive conversations with the players. Like, I think the San Jose Sharks, of all of the teams in the league, the first 10 minutes in their building is un, uh, you know, it's an older veteran team that knows how to turn on that gas right from the get. They are ready to go in their house. But I just wonder sometimes whether or not the approach is too passive out of the gate. And they got to go and smack them back in the mouth right from the opening shift. And who cares if you're playing against a couple Hall of Famers and Marlowe and uh, Thornton, or who cares if you're playing against the two top scoring defensemen in the NHL over the last five years and Burns and Carlson. Don't be afraid to, to, to sort of hit back, but it's almost like the Oilers are caught in the trolley tracks and they're waiting to get the crap kicked out of them in the first 10 minutes, Mark. Yeah, that's, you know, that's fair. And, and the other thing that that plays right into what you're talking about, Bob, is they know how it is that San Jose beats them. You know, it's it's not a secret, right? They they win a battle in the corner. They ring the puck back to the board, uh, to the point, generally to Burns's point, and then they go straight from the corner to the net, and somebody tips a puck that Burns has. You know, is exceptionally good, and, and so is Carlson, and so is Lassick. Very good at getting a, not necessarily a slapper, but a good wrist shot through in a tippable place. So how do you, Edmonton, I talked to four guys this morning at the morning skate ball. They all said the same thing. They know exactly how those goals went in last time here. Point shot getting tipped. So what do you have to do? You know, you got to be bigger and stronger in the corner and, and not lose that battle. And if you do lose it and it goes back to Burns, you have to be able to control um uh, Kevin LeBanc's stick or whoever's stick is tipping it in. They got a bunch of guys that could tip it, like Meyer. You know, Pab's not, he's not here anymore, but you have to win physically. You have to stop San Jose from doing the things they do to beat you. And sometimes that just means manning up and physically being a bigger, tougher, stronger team than the San Jose Sharks are. And I thought the game last Tuesday night, back that San Jose played a playoff game and the Oilers, you know, obviously the team is off to a good start. 
Uh, I didn't sense that Edmonton was prepared to play that playoff game, and I think that's going to be the key tonight is be ready yep. to engage and get after it. All right, Mark, the Oilers are 13-6-3 through 22 games. They lead the Pacific Division. Uh, it has been a good start to the season, hasn't it? Oh my goodness! Are you kidding? Like this is this is the the start that that everyone who's listening to this show right now would you know sign that contract <laughs> awfully fast. Bob, tell you what, American Thanksgiving's company got a road trip left, and so far you're in first place in the division. Uh, no, 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 you can't. There's no holes here, Bob. I, we can all pick some things. Okay, they could use some more secondary scoring. I get that, and you know you'd like to see. Kara come up with you know more than one good game in a row. I'd like to see three or four. We take some holes in this thing, but big picture, oh my goodness, so the Oilers are in a pretty good spot. You could beat Calgary right now if you want, but I think I'd rather be Edmonton. Well, there's guys in Calgary that are writing that they should be sitting John and Goodrow because he went minus five the other night. Like, come on, seriously. Well, there, some issues like, guys, that, that happens once in a while, Mark. Sometimes really yeah. good players. Oh, Go minus three or minus four in a game. Like it's it's not always, you know. There's lots of things that go into things, and that's why you can't overreact to that situation. All right, I'm gonna. It has been a good start for Edmonton. It's been an unbelievable start for Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid. And you know, I'm not sure Connor's all the way back because that was such a difficult injury, but it's going pretty good. And you know, this is. This is the highest scoring year, I think, since 0506, since we had that all those five on threes on the the power play. And I mean, ironically, uh, a player tonight led the NHL in scoring that year, Joe Thornton, and he got traded during the year, but he finished with 125 points uh, and was plus 31. And yet, you know, Jagger was uh, ridiculous. Uh, he had 123 points. Ovi had a 50-goal season. Sidney Crosby was a rookie that year, had 102 points. I'm just trying to get the split on the power play numbers because McDavid's leading the NHL in power play scoring. But you got Drysaddle 1-2 at uh, you know 43 and 41 points, and there's nobody within like seven points of Connor. Right? It's, are we watching, Mark, something special this year? Is this, you know... I don't know if it can sustain itself at this rate, but there's only been three times in the last 30 years that a pair of players from the same team have had this many points through 22 games. It's pretty unique, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm looking at that stat right now, right? 40-plus uh, points through their team's first 22 games of the season. There's Dreisaitl McDavid, there's Spetsa Alfredson, you know, in Ottawa 15 years ago, and then there's Lemieux, Yager, and Francis in 95-96 back in Pittsburgh. So... You know that's that's pretty heady stuff, man. Those are, <laughs> you know, we're it, it, this is we're starting to realize, and I think it's, we we will thank Drysital for this more than anything, Bob. I think we all, you know, Connor McDavid, generational player. Uh, we've had this conversation. I think he is now. I'm now ready to for sure say he's just the best player in the world right now. I know that Crosby's there and he's won and all those things, but at this time. To, to my eye, there's no one better than McDavid. But I think what's happened here is Dreisaitl. You know, we all thought in a while this seems he'd be a top ten player in the league. But right now, he's a top two player in the league this season, and that now is starting to change the conversation, right, Bob? Yeah. Well, just to go back to that old six year uh, with Crosby, because this somehow this gets you know we use uh, air adjusted scoring. Sidney Crosby had 102 points, amazing total. I'm not, hey, you're never going to diss that. That's a great rookie year in the NHL. 47, 47 of his 102 points that year were on the power play. 
Like, right. you know, he had 16 power play goals and 31 power play assists. And as you recall, I mean, Marc-Andre Bergeron hit double digits in, in power play goals that year. Uh, you know, they call they called a ton of five-on-threes. We don't see five-on-threes get called like that anymore. Uh, but we are seeing higher scoring five-on-five. In fact, I, I, I'd have to get one of the analytics guys out there to maybe, they could even text us on our Ashley Fineforce text line spec at 780-496-0063 if they have this answer. I'd like to know when the last time we've had this high of even strength scoring in the NHL. Because it's, you know, it's it's obviously, when, you, when you're seeing McDavid and Drysdale do what they do, their scoring has gone up in the league, and thank God for that, we're all happy for it. But it is, it is a special, special time right now to be watching those guys. No question about it, Mark. And as for Leon, he's cementing his claim, isn't he? Well, yeah, and, and let's dig in on that, Bob. Like, you know, 506, when Crosby started, um, we know why scoring went up. They rewrote the rule book after the lockout, right? They, they, everything changed. You know, they, they opened the game up and they called a whole bunch of penalties. You just referenced all the five on three stuff. So uh, the league changed markedly and offense changed with it. Nothing's really changed. Like, sure, goaltending equipment is a lot closer to where we hope that it would be now. I think they've actually finally gone a long way down that road. But there's no big rule changes this year. There's no, you know, they haven't made the nets bigger. They haven't all of a sudden called something they weren't calling last year. So what I'm trying to say, Bob, is and I'm not minimizing Crosby in any to any extent, but this the reason scoring's up now is because the players all of a sudden, I think, are more creative and more offensive and better. You know, nothing's changed for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl from last year, but they are getting more points. And it's on the players all around the league. We're seeing more highlight goals. We're seeing Kachuk score from, you know, 20 feet out between his legs. We're seeing lacrosse goals. We're seeing the skills of these players is, is really it's never been higher than this, man. It's never been higher across the league. So I'm all for it. We're seeing more 5-4 hockey. We're seeing more 4-3 hockey. I don't go to the rink tonight, Bob, saying, oh, man, it's going to be 2-1 again. I'm so sick. We don't have that anymore. It's awesome. 13-6-3 through 22 games, Mark. Are the Oilers a playoff team? Well, all the math says that they should be. And, and you know, yes. In short, yes. And the reason I think we can say that, and, and I'll – I'm here to tell you, I didn't have them as a playoff team when the season started, so I'm already ready to dig in and say I was wrong. But they're not doing anything. You know, yeah, they got the best power play in the league and the third best penalty kill. Okay, that's probably higher than anyone thought it would be, right, Bob? Did you think it would be that high? Not a chance. Come on, man, Mark. They've had the worst penalty kill in the NHL since November right. of 2016. They've had the worst PK in the NHL. The last five years, the worst PK. Right. But they've basically been the worst penalty killing team in the league for the last two and a half seasons. So, so let's say that comes down a little bit. Their shooting percentage is a little high. Let's say that comes down a little bit. But they're not. You know, I'm not seeing. I can dig some holes in what they're doing too. They got a whole bunch of 10, 12 goal guys that aren't scoring. Those that guys, might, and that might be the market correction back on that right. hot power player, that that's, killer PK, right? That's it. That's it. And and I think both sides correct, and you still have a pretty good team. So I'm not seeing you know, Koskinen's numbers are, are up and better than they were, and that's really a pleasant surprise. But he's not doing it. You know, sure, he's pulling off a big save every game. That's what goalies do. But he's not doing it with mirrors. He's not faking it. There's nothing. There's no false bottom that I see in Koskinen's game. And Smith, as long as he can stay healthy, and I get it, 
that's a big thing with Smith. He's got to stay healthy. If he does, you know what? He's this Mike Smith we saw in the playoffs last year. So I don't see how they can't sustain a version of how they're playing right now. What? what? Mark, we're running up against the clock here. We're going to have to uh, cut you loose. It's 149. We'll talk again on Friday. That's Mark Spector again for uh, the horses. Horse race in Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Live racing Fridays and Saturday nights, 715 at Century uh, Mile. You can text us at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Pine Floors text line. we got a memorable day in this day in order's history when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1.53 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Quickly to our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. You're learning. You're learning. You're figuring it out. Here we go. Uh, Jason from Sangudo asked, Bob, would have Jenny Kuznetsov be considered a high score? Yes, Jason. He is a high scorer. He's also a hell of a player. Clint texts the show to say, Bob, with Spectre saying everything is all good, but in my opinion, if the Oilers just cover the point better instead of collapsing uh, all the time, then the shots are, aren't even uh, taken. Make the Sharks change their game. Simple to me. And again, the Oilers have played a tighter five-man unit uh, so far this season. Uh you know, five-man attack, five-man back. And I think San Jose was a team that took advantage of that. The Oilers uh, maybe were a little bit uh, guilty of giving up uh, the point a little earlier. Uh, Bob, is there anything in the works in regards to Yessa Pogliarvi? Uh, did Ken Holland meet with him? Ken Holland did not meet with Yessa Pogliarvi. Um a reminder, put your name to the text if possible, uh, because Ken Holland had to deal with a personal matter. Uh, his uh, mother ultimately passed away over the course of the last two weeks, so that's why he canceled uh, the trip uh, into Finland. By the way, I uh, heard Pogliarvi was pedestrian. That would be the word I would use uh, there. Let's do this one here. Um, hi, guys. Uh, do you think Drysaddle has a chance to win the heart and the rocket at the same time, or is it just early success for him? and someone will take over uh, both uh, places as the season goes on. Uh, I would suggest to you that uh, Drysaddle can win the Rocket easier than he can win the Hart. I, think it's, if, I mean, if the Oilers are you know, a top, top 10 team in the league, I, I think that McDavid's got the, the best chance to win the Hart trophy. Uh, and then in terms of a, the Rocket... Can you ever really exclude Alexander Ovechkin given the amount of shots he takes? Drysdale takes far fewer shots per game, but I think he, I mean, he was one goal behind Ovechkin last year. One thing that would help is that the Oilers could actually score an empty net. They've given up five empty netters. I think they've only got one. Actually, I think Leon got the one against the New York Rangers. All right. Two, uh, maybe they maybe they have two this year. Uh, let's go to uh, this day in Oilers history. Speaking of scoring some goals, it's brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now for two great road trips to Chicago. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hint, hint on our this day in Oilers history. Packages include great lower bowl game tickets. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. To this day in Oilers history, here's Brendan Escott. Back in 2011, Bob Taylor Hall scores a hat trick. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has five assists as the Oilers pound Chicago 9-2, but they weren't done. Jordan Everly, Tom Gilbert, each with a goal and three assists in the beatdown as well. That is a, pat, or a stat-padding game, as we call it, Bob. 
Yeah, a uh, stat night for the boys. Uh, points night. You know what uh, was interesting is Chicago came back in the orders uh, to play him during the 11-12 uh, season the second time. And I remember a writer, and he may have just been on the show, talking about, well, it's going to be uh, a tough night for the Oilers. Hawks upset after a 9-2 loss, and Sam Gagne went out, got four goals, eight points. Oilers uh, beat the Hawks 8-4 the second time that year during the 11-12 uh, season. Again, tonight, face-off show is at 7 p.m. with uh, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. Reed's obviously the uh, host, myself, and Jack Michaels. Puck drop at 8.30 Tomorrow, I'll join you with a hit from uh, here in San Jose. Uh, you can't fly after night unless you want to pay a fine. So uh, the team will practice in San Jose tomorrow, then fly into Los Angeles to play the Kings on Thursday night. Tomorrow, I'll join you for a hit just uh, before practice, and then we'll hear from Brian Lott and David Staples, uh, Jay Woodcroft, and NHL insider John Shannon, all uh, with Brendan Escott. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Again, our apologies for some of the technical difficulties early in the show. We'll continue to work out uh, the kinks there and uh, try to improve the show quality. Thank you for listening. And uh, Eileen up next, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.